The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We are starting a new series called Overcomers, and it comes from the book of Hebrews. This great cloud of witnesses that is mentioned there. So over the whole course of summer, we're going to be talking about men and women who overcame in their generation and in their time to give glory to God. And so Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Great Hall of Faith. There's many people who are listed here, and I'm going to, I'm going to read them out to you. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and Abraham is mentioned again, one for traveling to a land that he didn't even know where he was going, and another time for offering up his son Isaac because he believed by faith that God had the power to raise him from the dead. We also have Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses' parents for putting baby, baby Moses in the basket. Moses is listed for multiple acts of faith. And then we've got the people of Israel in a general sense are mentioned because they passed through the Red Sea. The people of Israel are mentioned a second time because the walls of Jericho came down after they faithfully walked around it, blew trumpets, and then shouted. Rahab is mentioned. Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. The prophets are a huge group too. I mean, so he's talking a lot of people. And now this is the unabridged list, let me tell you. If you read the Old Testament, you'll find a lot more names of men of faith. But in chapter 12... It goes on to call these people the great cloud of witnesses. And it adds, even in chapter 11, chapter 11 of Hebrews 33, it says even the actions of some of these people of faith, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. We know who that one is. Could have been others too. Quenched the power of fire. I love the language, and isn't it interesting that God, in his word, says that these men, through their faith, quenched the power of fire. Not God quenched the power of fire, but through their faith, and we know God did it, but through their faith, they are attributed to quenching the power of fire. And we're going to be talking more about those men in a minute. Then it goes on. Who escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight... Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Now then, let's hop down to chapter 12 because he's given us this whole list of people and all the amazing things they've done. This abridged list, but really highly condensed. In verse 1 of chapter 12 in Hebrews, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Okay, so just for a minute, imagine yourself in a huge stadium like Wembley. Okay, you're surrounded in the upper decks by lots and lots of people who've gone before you, faithful men and women who did great exploits for God, and you are on the playing field. 
You are the ones in this generation and time. You are the ones who are called to be faithful and do a work for God and shine the light of Jesus Christ. These are your witnesses. We're to look up in the bleachers as a, or, or the rafters and say, these men and women can encourage our hearts. They made it in their day and time. We can make it in our time. They made it strong. They didn't just pull themselves through and drag on the ground. They came through strong. So the verse continues in chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set out for us. So this summer, we're going to be covering a number of these characters. Please don't turn off. Don't say, oh, I've heard about Esther before. Oh, I've, I know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No, there's good stuff in here that God needs to remind your heart of so that you can endure everything that comes against us and we can come through strong. All right? So I'm going to begin today about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego, who quenched the power of fire. Now, for, thee, for me, these men particularly overcame a lot of fears. Now, in this book of Daniel, chapter 3 and chapter 1, it talks of these men as being of noble birth. They were actually of the tribe of Judah. That was the kingly line. And they watched as a foreign army came in and obliterated their city, obliterated the temple that, in which they worshipped. Their friends, their family, the people of standing were wiped out. They witnessed atrocities. Now, I don't know which atrocities they witnessed, but they knew that their uncle or great-uncle Zedekiah not only got pulled out of Jerusalem as he tried to escape, the Babylonians were so cruel and terrible. I'm not going to get into all these details because we have kids with us. But they made Zedekiah watch the killing of all his sons. They made him watch every single one of them. And these guys were relatives of all those boys who got killed. So the whole lineage of David seemed to have been wiped out. Then, cruelly, they marched Zedekiah back to Babylon before removing his sight. So the last thing etched in his mind was the death of his own sons. These boys in Babylon witnessed atrocities. And yet, amazingly, they were brought to Babylon and they were risen up in positions of power and authority. They really overcame. It's amazing that all the trauma they had to face, they came through. Then... One day, as we all know, Nebuchadnezzar ordered that every one of the nobility, everyone in positions of power would have to bow before this huge golden statue. Before we get into this story, there's a lot of people out there who just want to treat Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, Noah in the Flood as stories, nice little stories that make people feel good. There's history behind these stories. There is clear evidence well, of things that lay a groundwork, if you will, that these stories are true and not just written up. Now, we can't watch them on TikTok. We can't watch them on Instagram. But there's evidence from these cultures and times that these things literally took place. 
first of all, I'd like to read just from Dr. D. James Kennedy. And he's speaking about some of the evidence found in Babylon. When skeptics read about certain Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, being cast in the fiery furnace, they scoffed. Same thing when they read about Daniel being thrown in the den of lions. But archaeologists working in the ruins of Babylon discovered an ancient library on clay tablets. Included on these tablets were the punishments for violations of various regulations. So this is from the time of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. For these offenses, for the offenses of impiety to any god, one was to be cast alive into a fiery furnace. And huge furnaces have also been discovered in Babylon. So even in the writings of the day, there's evidence outside the Bible that people were being executed for impiety to any god by being thrown into a fiery furnace. Isn't that amazing? Critics have scoffed at the idea. Now, the library that Dr. Kennedy is speaking about are cuneiform tablets, and maybe you've heard of these. Some are still being discovered. There's thousands upon thousands of them, and some of them are really plain and ordinary. They're about people buying their groceries, literally. There's, there's a whole set about a Jewish family living in Babylon at this time that track back four generations of how they lived, how they sold things, and even the inheritance they gave their sons. The Jewish community is loving this because they have had no other picture of what life was like for the Jewish community back in Babylon. But in addition to this, they have found two tablets that list out the exact names of two commanders that are found nowhere else in history except Jeremiah chapter 39. Jeremiah 39 lists the name of these commanders and Rabshakas and all these people. And the spelling of two of these people are found exactly the same as in Jeremiah 39. Nowhere else in history. An exact spelling of someone's name, their position in government has been found. So there's amazing things that build up your faith and build up your, your um, trust in the scriptures. In fact, listen to this. One of those cuneiform tablets, I can't pronounce the name, and any kid who can do this gets a prize. Nabu Sharushu Unkin Rabsheka. And I'm totally, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm totally butchered it. But that one cuneiform tablet is in the British Museum. You can see it. And this is what the British Museum says about it. This cuneiform tablet and the other one give us greater confidence that the details in the book of Jeremiah may also be historical. So even skeptics who question say, there is evidence now that there's historical um, credibility and veracity in the scriptures. So, and you could talk about other things too. There's other interesting things in the cuneiform tablet that give strength to this. But what we want to do is jump into is that here these three men are standing before this gold sculpture that we're going to see in a second, and they have a choice to make, just like you and I have choices to make. Every day we have to um, deal with possible losses and uncertainty, especially through the COVID crisis. These men have to decide and make a very important decision. They know that bowing before this sculpture is not just a minor violation of the law, like Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, it said, the very second commandment, you shall not bow down or serve them. Any of the graven images. This wasn't just about doing right and wrong. 
This was about staying in right relationship with God Almighty. In the mindset of the Jewish people, to stay in good standing with God, you had to honor the covenant. And you especially didn't do anything that was idolatrous or worshiping golden images. That's probably one of the greatest sins mentioned in the Old Testament, is bowing down and giving your allegiance and your fear and other things to other gods. It's not acceptable. So these Jewish boys knew that that would break their covenant, their position with God, that he would be for them. And it was very real that there was another position, a position outside blessing. And I tell you, this is one of the things we lose when we just walk about life. And the Psalms speak of it. The Psalms say, hey, I see the, the, the wicked doing well. I see, I, I'm, I'm confused. You see it in the Psalms. But the scriptures hold us into the position that there is a place outside of the blessing of God. He still loves people. He's still drawing them near. His grace is called provenient grace. Theologians go, even comes after us when we're living in sin and we're living far away. His grace is everywhere. But our sins can separate us from God, the scriptures say. And these men did not want to be separated from God. They didn't want to be, have his love at a distance. They wanted to stay in a position where the righteous blessings of God could come to their lives. Now, I want to say we have a better covenant today, okay? This is the covenant they were operating under. We now have a covenant where we can end our controversies with God by coming to Jesus Christ because he's paid for our sins. But they did not want controversy with God. They didn't want the struggles and the things. So they stayed true. But this is what happens next in the story. In Daniel chapter 3, 14 through 18, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, footnote here, some writers say that the reason they list all these instruments out is to basically say, hey, this is a big event. The whole orchestra's out for this one. You know, we got every instrument in the band here. So this is like a major event. To fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship you shall immediately be cast into the burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? And this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego responded with. They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Now, this isn't getting off good. If your boss tells you to do something or calls you to the carpet for something and you say, I have no reason to answer you according to this matter, things are not going to go well with you, okay? Things are going to go downhill quick. Kids, if your parents this summer tell you you forgot to do something or you need to do something and you say to them, mom and dad, I have no need to answer you in this matter, it's not going to go well. This is not how you start off a conversation with an authority, Okay? However, these men knew there was authority above Nebuchadnezzar. And it says in verse 17, if this be so, basically if you're going to throw us in the fire, our God, and note this, whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. 
But then in verse 18 it says, But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. In chapter 1 of Daniel, it says that these men were 10 times smarter than the magicians and enchanters in the land, 10 times smarter than everybody else. And here, Nebuchadnezzar's brightest team of intellects are saying, no, we know there's something else. We know that there's a God in heaven, and we serve him. That's strong. Now, this may seem like a light matter, but these boys, boys, I call them boys, who knows how old they were at this point, they had risen to prominence, prominence in Babylon. They had acquired wealth. They had developed friendships again after the destruction of Jerusalem. They had the respect and admiration of other people. And who knows what other blessings they had received. Sometimes the blessings of God can almost become an idol in themselves. We can be fearful of losing them, losing whatever matters to us. In fact, if you take a moment to think, what would you worry about losing if you had to be put, if you were put in a position of doing what was right or wrong, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you had to bow before um, an idol or not, knowing that even your very life was at stake. Losing things are, is hard. However, in 1 John 4, 8, it says, perfect love casts out fear. And because they knew their God, they knew they wanted to stay in covenant with him. And they even knew the words of Second Chronicles, which says this. L listen to what was said to the kings, these men's relatives. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support for those whose heart is blameless towards him. This term blameless is a covenant term. It means literally to have peace with God. It comes from the word shalem, which is very similar to shalom. Shalem meant you were at peace with God. You were blameless. You were in right standing. And they knew their God. They saw him raise them up in positions of power. He, they saw that all the blessings they had received were from his hand. And so their fear of God, their love of God, everything they knew of who God was, could easily displace the worry of losing all those things. But you see how the love of God, the understanding of the goodness of God can relieve our hearts of all the fears of loss. Whatever you could lose, nothing compares to being in the position of the love of God. So that's what I believe held them firm. They knew their God. They knew the truth, and that can displace a lot of wickedness and a lot of things that are in our hearts by concentrating on his goodness and his mercy. Now, quickly, I just want you to say this to yourselves. Strong support. Say it with me. Strong support. These Jewish men knew that the eyes of God we're going throughout the whole earth, not just Jerusalem, but throughout the whole earth so that God could show strong support, not just show up on the scene and kind of wave, but strong support for those whose heart were blameless. They were in covenant position with God Almighty. Now, I'm going to wrap it up here. I've got three points, but even as I've sat over this story and it's mulled in my mind throughout the week, I've got like a dozen points you could make from this story, couldn't you? But the most important is having God with them mattered. 
for you today, if you've never prayed, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that your cross paid for every single one of them, that I could have peace with you, Lord God Almighty, that I could be in right relationship with you. No controversies, no anger, no nothing, no just peace with you, God then you can simply pray today and be in the position of blessing where the life and kingdom of God can be with you. There is indeed another kingdom. There's a kingdom outside of it. And these three men knew it. There's a position outside the rich blessings of God. There is a position that you don't hear the voice of God, that the Holy Spirit's not with you. But there is a place of blessing. And they're very different. Staying there matters. And that's what I would draw. Believers, every day you pick up your Bible, every time you choose to go into the Word of God, every time you seek to do good to your neighbor, every time you try to rise up and do what's right, you are keeping your heart in that position before God. The Word drives us to truth. It drives us to who God is. It matters. Two, We need to exalt God above every other fear. Now, there's a righteous fear of God, and these men had it. A reverent fear, a fear that knows he is above all things, that he holds our life in his hands. And that greater fear drives out other fears. That greater love drives out all other fears. It's what we need, and these men had it. And last of all, even if things don't go as planned... Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if God doesn't rescue us, be it known to you, be it known to the world, be it known to the spiritual realm, be it known to the angels, be it known to the demons, be it known to everything in all creation, I serve my God. Let it be anchored within us. Let it be a decision we make that we'll serve our God. And let us say it before his throne, God, give me the grace to serve you rightly. And last of all, I said three, but here's four. It helps to have friends. It helps to have friends, especially in rough times. We need each other. These men gratefully had one another to turn to and stand together. But you know, they left with a testimony. They didn't just leave that fire not smelling like smoke. They didn't just leave that fire not singed. They left for all their lives with the treasure of knowing that Jesus or the Spirit of God or an angel came into that fire and was with them in the roughest of times. He's for us. He gives strong support. They had a testimony within the anxious of their being that God's eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth so that he can show himself strong to those who are blameless towards him. Because we do want to shine out God's goodness and his mercy to our generation and time, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.